94.3 The Game, WRHDHD1, Farmville, Greenville. Powered by the Ritchie Law Firm Injury Lawyers. Go to gotbrian.com. That's gotbrian.com. Do you live ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. June 14th edition of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. Very excited about today's show because we got a special guest, a man I've gotten to know well since his time at ECU, since he entered ECU. We were talking earlier, John Gilbert in studio, ECU Athletics Director. John, it's already almost coming up on your five-year anniversary since taking the job. It's, it's kind of hard to believe. It, it's gone by very quickly. So December 1 will be five years on the job. It's, it's crazy how, how much has changed, how good of a job you guys have done in that short time so uh john gilbert in studio with us he'll be with us for the next hour if you got a question drop it on youtube facebook we already got plenty on hoist the colors and on twitter uh we'll get to as many as we can and and i'll be honest john i've interviewed you on, on a podcast somewhat recently and several times and i've asked you plenty we'll get to the fans questions here in a minute because you know we do this show for the fans they want to know and i know you've answered questions uh, across the armada circuit earlier this spring uh, and we'll get to those questions here in a minute because uh i've asked you plenty maybe they, they have better questions than i do but i just want to first off ask kind of yeah, as we wrap up really this this athletic year with the baseball season coming to an end a lot of success on and off the field from the the athletics programs at east carolina how proud are you of just kind of the the growth that this athletic program has made well i'm i'm really proud that you know if we look at it uh academically uh, we, we had a really strong year academically. I think we had a uh, 3.27 GPA this year. It was our highest non-COVID GPA uh, in department history. Uh, on the field, competitively, we were, um, you know, probably the best we've been since I've been here. And I'm talking holistically, you know, all the sports teams. And you know certainly off the field you you look at the fundraising piece uh you know we we've raised more money than we've ever raised in the history of ecu athletics uh we secured the largest gift ever this year uh and in fact over the last i think four years since i've been here we've raised the largest i believe it's six gifts in the pirate club history and, and so uh, things are well they're they're not near where we want them to be so um w- we still have a a lot to achieve but i am very pleased with where we are right now and yeah, we were talking earlier i think people maybe don't realize the improvements not only the administration has has made with this athletic department but the, the sports programs because there's been almost a steady increase in success over the last few years and it's awesome to see that and people uh, i hope can recognize that as you're your tenure has has continued. Um, I want to ask too about Harold Varner the third making a him and his wife Amanda making a, a huge donation to East Carolina Athletics the other day in the Pirates Unite campaign and kind of had a feeling maybe some of that was coming after he joined Live Golf and had some success there. But how excited were you to get that donation to hand and and work with Harold? Well, it, it was a really cool day. I, I've developed a uh, you know close personal relationship uh, with uh, Harold. Ryan Robinson's done just an unbelievable job in our Pirate Club. 
Uh, he's got a, a great relationship with Harold. And so that that's taken time. Like we've, you know, Harold's come back to, to athletic events. Uh, that certainly has been cultivated. And, and then it was really cool for me how everything comes full circle. Uh, I heard from a lot of donors after the event that were uh, donating to Harold's foundation because, awesome. you know, Harold had uh, made an investment in ECU athletics. So it all comes full circle and, and pretty cool to see a former student athlete uh, give back like he did. It's just awesome to see his passion for the program always wears his purple uh, when he's on the tour and uh, just great to see him giving back uh, him and his wife Amanda all right let's get into some of these questions because we got a lot it may take we may go the whole hour and I, I don't know how many we will or or, or won't be able to answer but uh, we'll just dive right into them again if you got more uh, questions that we haven't are, are going to ask let us know on uh, YouTube, Facebook. We'll pull those up as well. But um, what, what 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 if I take over right here? Hey, if you want to run uh, through them, I'm so all for I'm going to run through them. Steven sent me his hoist yeah. the colors link. I don't have a a free login, and <laughs> even if I did, I would not not get on it. All right, so I'm going to run down the questions. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, first one: Does a full Town Bank Tower cover the debt service owed on it? Uh, it does not. Uh, it's close. Uh, we pay, um, you know, the, the remainder of, uh, the debt on it through additional ticket sales, but it doesn't cover, uh, the full amount. Next question. What does it take to get more signage around Dowdy Ficklin under the stands, etc.? Uh, there's been some mock-ups recently. The, the, the mock-ups that you saw, they were put out by an individual, uh, that works with us. It wasn't something that, we had uh coordinated they just kind of did that on their own right. and and um you know the individual uh jared osmick oz as everyone calls him he is a unbelievable talented, talented. uh individual and we are very fortunate to have him and, and they look good yeah. but you know when you start prioritizing things and that's really one of the things that that uh i have to do as an athletic director you know, those things are a lot more expensive than they look that, that mock-up, you know, that we saw that that's several hundred thousand dollars to right. do. And, and so obviously you want to do things to enhance your facilities. Uh, but I would say that is not a priority, uh, right now. I, this next one, I do like, uh, having to answer, uh, someone's referring to me as a low TAD. <laughs> and, and I think, um, you know, I kind of laugh when I see that, and I've heard this multiple times from uh, people. You know, uh, my leadership style is one as being more like an executive, and I go to a lot of athletic events, and uh, not, not just football and basketball and baseball. I'm, I'm at a lot, and I think that it's important to be measured, uh, thoughtful. Uh, it's not that I'm not passionate because you know i got some fire burning in my belly when the pirates play but i've also learned over time not to show it and be more uh in control and that's just uh kind of who i am and, and you'll see two other ad's maybe they make rash decisions we've seen it at east carolina in the past if you are that way it, it can bite you so i mean you have to be measured in your role yeah, I, I still get fired up. Like yeah. I think if if uh, people uh, talk to my staff, uh, they they would not think right. that that's uh, accurate. But uh, it is what it is. <laughs> 
Next question, have there been any talks about trying to host another concert in Dowdy Ficklin or other facilities? Uh, yes, we, we are interested in doing those. Uh, we, we've talked to a number of people about them. You, you know, really, when you get into a concert, there there is a lot of risk in, in that you typically are going with a promoter and that promoter is saying, hey, we're not bringing this person in unless you guarantee so much. And there's risk with that. And you, you just want to make sure that whoever you're bringing in, you're hedging your bets uh, on the risk. But we're certainly uh, interested in that and uh, would love to to do that. And it would, too, you, you can risk kind of messing up the stadium turf right or the grass as well. Is that a risk as well? What, well, it is, but I think if you do those more in the springtime, right. uh, you, you know, they're they're more, uh, you know, they've got more time to adapt gotcha. uh, to that. Uh, next question is, what's being done to drive larger corporate sponsorships? Uh, and then what's opinion on increasing the sale of naming rights on athletic complex buildings? The, the corporate sponsorship piece is going really well. We went with a new company, uh, Playfly. Yeah. Uh, we're almost a year into that. Uh, it's gone exceptionally well, and we are driving a lot more revenue than we've ever driven in that category. So I'm really pleased with that. Uh, we do need, you know, we need every donor at ECU to play a part, Um but we also need people that have the resources to put their names on buildings. Right. And so we'll continue uh, to, to look for that. Um, what What's the estimated timeline for the uh, indoor practice facility? Um, we are approximately 15 million in on the indoor practice facility. I think the full bill is going to be somewhere between 22 and 25 million. I'm very encouraged about where we are right now. What One of the frustrating things is if you look at our total capital campaign, which has gone exceptionally well, like I'm very pleased with where we are. We have about 6% of our 6,000 Pirate Club donors that have participated. Which isn't so, enough. It isn't yeah. enough. It, it's a very small amount. And, and I'm really not saying, oh, we need everybody to give as much as they can possibly give. We just need everybody to give no matter what the amount is. And so um, I, I am uh, grateful for our fan base, but we need that, that other 94% to, to come on and, and uh, help us in whatever manner uh they choose and y'all raised about 15 million right for the indoor facility? 15 million for the indoor baseball uh that's about a seven million dollar project we have about four million secured on that so right. you know roughly three million away um but again small numbers like right. when, when you look at the number of people that have given it is a very small few mm -hmm. so continuing uh to work that Next question is a really good one is the uh, what's being done to improve the concession stand uh, issues at football. Uh, we, we are going with um, same parent company in Aramark. Uh, we are going with their sports division. Previously, we've been under their, uh, for lack of a better term, their campus umbrella. 
so the people that are running the dining halls etc we're we're going to have more points of sale this year we're going to be largely hardwired on credit cards and we're moving towards a cashless operation so i am told it it is going to be much more streamlined and and we'll start to see those things happening uh sometime uh this summer i've got one from uh this is uh oasis pirate uh is he going to acknowledge my 200 hundred dollar donation to pirates unite or not (laughs) oasis pirate we appreciate you and i'm not mentioning uh your name again unless uh you continue to give to pirates unite uh but we do thank you and and we are appreciative uh of that uh any chance we could get a secondary scoreboard that faces the jungle uh not at this time uh you you know we are working on as part of the baseball upgrades certainly have the facility expansion uh we are looking at new lighting uh that will have to be done but no plans for a secondary Mm -hmm. scoreboard uh out there uh any further talks with mr beast and getting him more involved with the athletic department certainly we we have had interactions uh with mr beast um you know some things we can partner with and do Uh, other things are probably not in our best interest just from a you know um you know not something that a division one intercollegiate athletic team would do but we're certainly open to future uh partnerships uh you know with mr beast because certainly he has a huge following yeah. and and uh you know for him to be in our backyard anytime that that we can partner it, it is a good thing N- next question is any updates on football scheduling Th- the, that, the most asked question uh, yeah, possible that that is an evolving world like we we um we're looking at it we're we're relatively full until 2029 you know, we have, uh, not in particular order, but we've got NC State coming back. We've got BYU coming back. We have West Virginia coming back. Uh, Boise, and I'm forgetting what, Wake, Wake Forest, Forest. Uh, coming back. And so we're constantly having conversations about that. We are having conversations about, uh, I would love to do another game in Bank of America, uh, I think if we could find the right opponent, uh, that that's a good, that's a good, uh, you know, non-home game neutral site right. where pirate fans can travel to. So we're certainly interested in that. Do you feel like y'all are uh, close at all to any home and homes with any major teams, or is it still kind of distance away from happening? We're not, you know, like certainly uh, Doug Gillen and I have talked about. Uh, extending the app series, which I'm interested in doing, uh, you know, when that, I think it ends in 27, 28, yeah. I, I'd like to extend it. I think that's a good game for us. I just, you know, with my fingerprints on that one, I would rather us, you know, home away, home, home away, home. not, not neutral, uh, right. site with them. I'd, I'd rather let's, uh, you know, let's go Greenville and Boone. I, I think that would be good. And then I think you can add a buy game in or two. I think you have to be really careful about that. If you look at the AAC schedule 
this year the the non-conference schedule of all the AAC teams th- there are a lot of teams that are playing two two of those games and I, I just think it's really difficult you know you really want to have a, a a winning schedule get in a bowl game and depending on where your roster is certainly compete for a championship if you over schedule it makes it very difficult to do that so right. we, we will look at buy games in the future we just want to be mindful of uh not overextending ourselves I tell you what, let's get our first break in, uh, and then we'll continue on. As John is, I, I might as well just step out of the room and let you host the show. No, John. no, we this, won't do that. This is good though. We'll uh, continue on with your questions as uh, John Gilbert runs through again. You got to get on Twitter, uh, YouTube, Facebook, drop them. We'll get to those as well. Uh, let's take our first break. Hoist the colors on ninety four three. The game. We'll be right back. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo. Drink up me, Aussie Joe Ho. One ninety four three. The game. All right, welcome back into our show. John Gilbert is in studio. We're running through all your questions, talking ECU athletics. He is the director of athletics at East Carolina University. John, we were talking about scheduling. We had a question from Brandon on YouTube who wants to know, has there been any talk about scheduling a future home-and-home series with UNC and then continuing the NC State series? You you know, we we have NC State on the schedule. We're in Raleigh in 25 and then back in Greenville in 28. uh, And then North Carolina is not on the books. And and honestly, uh, if you look at where the ACC is headed, uh, I, I don't think either school is interested in coming back. And I think short of political pressure, we're going to have a very difficult time getting those two schools back. Is there is that something you can take into your own hands and run it up the political flagpoles, or just tough to, to navigate that? Well, I, I think certainly you have to get others involved at the table to get them there. And, and like I see both sides of it. You know, if you look at the SEC – that they don't play home and home games. They play yeah. by games or a new, one neutral site game. The rest is on their campus. If you if you translate that to the ACC, you have Florida State, Clemson, and let's say Miami. I could be forgetting one, but but largely those. They're not going on the road to group of five schools. I mean, they're just not because they understand, hey, the more we get a home game, the more competitive it is. Now, a lot of the schools that we're able to get home and home, home and homes with, they've not adopted that philosophy. But I definitely think they're starting to trend that way because of the playoff expansion and everybody wanting to put themselves in the best uh, light forward to you know make the, make the expanded playoff isn't it disappointing though as uh i don't know as, as somebody who covers ecu some of the more greatest memories i have from going to the games is when teams like that come to dowdy fickle stadium win or lose it just to me it adds so much more to the sport when teams are like even southern miss hosting tennessee i know that isn't tennessee's choice in a postseason baseball tournament but to me that adds to the sport whereas if it's always Southern Miss going to Tennessee, to me, it takes away from it. So, I don't know. It just seem, seemingly it takes away from the, the greatness of college athletics. Well, well th- there's no doubt about yeah. it. And I think that's what makes the NCAA basketball tournament so great is everybody loves David versus Goliath. Right. And, 
you know, the more that you can set those match up, the more entertaining it is. Yeah. Well, do, do you want me to jump back in on these? Yeah, uh, yeah let's do it. Let's jump back right, into the questions. The, the, so we can get the, uh, the next question mentions uh, South Florida um, achieving AAU status and approved $340 million on a, a campus stadium. We're doing our best to fundraise. Uh, what are we doing to make sure we're not left behind? It, well, I, I would throw another school in there as well as Memphis. If you look at Memphis, they're they're trying to do a three hundred million dollar expansion uh, of the Liberty Bowl, and a, a couple things come to mind. D- number one, and it, it can't go without saying, w- we do have to be uh, competitive on the field. Like like that is a piece of it, and right. you can say, well, South Florida is not competitive on the field. Uh, and they're doing it well they're they're doing it um largely by bonding you you know that i think i read in the paper of their 340 million they're bonding 200 of it well if if you let me take out a loan for 200 million there's a lot i could do for ecu athletics now there's a larger discussion about that. I'm not implying that we need to go bond $200 million. But we do have to be competitive on the field. We have to continue to invest. And so uh, basketball is a really good example. We're not near where I want to be, nor where Coach Schwartz wants to be in basketball. But we start investing in basketball to help grow it, and you got to continue that investment what we can't do is tell the coach or coaches, hey, go win 10, 11 games in a conference title and we'll invest in you because right. then it's too late. So we've got to continue those investments. Again, really happy with where the Pirate Club is. If you look at our $60 million campaign, we've raised uh, right at $22 million of the 60. But to put it in perspective – all these other schools that are coming into to the American, they all have campaigns and they're all more than $60 million that they're trying to raise. So on one end, we really don't have as big a lift, but we really do need to close the gap. And I go back to that 6% of the Pirate Club, you know, I'm thankful for them. I just want to, to try to get other people to the table, no matter uh, what the amount is um let's see what the next one is uh uh uh, oasis pirates getting a lot of questions in here uh (laughs) he's trying to make uh he's trying to get his 200 dollars (laughs) worth yeah he's gotten it uh on his uh on his uh shout outs today all right so this one is as it relates to the new schools coming in how does ecu stack up with recruiting budget recruiting amenities athletic budget compared to the rest of the AAC and its newest newest additions without having the number like right in front of me that there are let's call it there'll be 14 schools in the new American you know ECU is going to be somewhere around five six seven in budget uh is, is where right. we'll end up now we still have a lot of schools that are investing uh you know, if you look at the new schools coming in, you've got Texas San Antonio. You know, I think they're a preseason top 25 team. They're spending a lot of money on football. 
Uh, you've got UAB, uh, you, you know, as it relate, you know, that UAB's had really good football the last two years. I think they've won their league, you know, the previous two years in a row. Uh, and then their basketball program. It's always been good. The, I, I think UAB has been in the NCAA tournament like, it's like 15 times. Mm. Uh, I mean, that is a lot. Certainly Florida Atlantic in their run. So everyone's investing, but I think we'll be able to move up the pecking order because in the old American athletic on those 11 teams, you know, we, we were down towards the bottom third from a funding and, and it really did make a difference. So I'm encouraged, uh, where we are. There's something, there's a question about the real Vince McMahon story and the press box donation. That was before I was here. You know, we would love to have them engaged right. with us. We just have never, you know, y'all, y'all have tried. It's just, yeah, yes. You know, it's not for lack of trying for whatever it, reason. It, it's like another ECU Sandra Bullock. If right. you're listening, we are interested. Come Sandra home. Sandra and Vince McMahon, <laughs> please come home. Yes. Donate to the Pirates Unite campaign, please. All right. The next one is Has there been any further plans to put into place to fix the Pirate Club or tap into the potential that continues to be ignored? So th- this is. Um, He's talking about kind of the smaller donors, younger yeah. donors. Um, I, I I think, you know, if you look at where we are right now, uh, we have raised more money in this past year in the history of ECU athletics. We had on a, what I would call a smaller pirate club staff. Right. Uh, we also secured uh, the largest gift in the history of ECU athletics this year in the Van and Jennifer Isley gift. And then we also, um, I think over the last four years, we secured the six largest gifts in Pirate Club history. And so I, I couldn't be more thrilled with the Pirate Club. Uh, I think we've, we've done a good job of engaging uh, Blaze Hudson, who runs our student Pirate Club, of engaging our younger students, getting them involved. And we were down at an armada in Wilmington and we went into this clothing store, men's clothing store to kill time before the next event started. And the, the girl behind the desk was a, was a pirate. And we're like, have you joined the pirate club? And she said, no, I've been out of school for like a year or two. And we're like, well, it's free to join. Like it doesn't cost you anything. So we really do need you to join where maybe one day you're owning this clothing store and you make enough to give back to the pirate club. So we, we want to continue engage that younger donor base. And as it relates to the campaign, like I've said, there, there is no amount that's too small. Like we need everyone to participate. I've said this at the Armadas, like I'm thrilled with the large gifts that we've gotten, but we've also like we dealt with a husband and wife donor who gave ten thousand dollars and they had been a hundred two hundred dollar a year annual fund member so hundred two hundred dollars for a, a, a decent amount of time and then they stepped out and made a ten thousand dollar gift and and i was as fired up about that as i was a, a really you know a seven-figure gift because it told me that one, they're committed, and, and two, they believe in what's going on that they're going to make a huge investment in that. So that was uh, uh, pretty cool. And two, if you're a young donor and you're like Oasis Pirate, you want to give a couple hundred dollars, 
John will come on the show and recognize it. I so. will. I, I will. Uh, I will recognize that. Um, baseball season tickets selling out early every year. Can you ask if there are any future plans to expand seating in Clark Leclerc? So right now, as part of the Clark Leclerc expansion, by and large, I would call. 80% of it is going to be underneath the stadium where most people won't see on a daily basis. We are planning on kind of a patio pavilion type area that will be more like a premium seating. And we will have seats that are just, you know, a little bit past third base that will, will also include. And people, you know, I guess the demand for grandstand tickets has been so high. I always get the question, hey, is it feasible to add to the grandstand? You know, with the way that the park's set up and the way it was designed initially, to me, it doesn't seem like it's really that easy to do. Have you all even looked at that at all, just in terms of outside of the, you know, the the third base expansion? Is that even something that's possible? Not, not really. Yeah. Uh, the, the third base expansion there. Now, the biggest piece, and we're, we're actually talking about doing this a little sooner the, the lights are a big part of this because not only do we need to replace the lights and make them LED where you can flash different, you know, colors and those things, but the one pole there just uh, right near third base, we're going to have to relocate that because right. that's, you know, and push the building towards the third baseline. Uh, so um, we'll see how that goes. Gotcha. The, the next one um, is, it looks like Dean Smith. I'm going to give you a shout out because your comment is, I like John Gilbert. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I don't get many of those. Uh, yeah, like I like this, John Gilbert too. Um, it, and then, you know, we, we have accomplished a lot uh, during uh, the, the last four years. We've got an incredible staff, both internally and externally. We probably need to do a little better job. I'm the world's worst at self-promotion. I I just, I don't know. I just didn't grow up that way. And right. I worked for a guy at Alabama that was not like that at all. And, and so it's probably more ingrained to who I am. But we do need to do a better job of touting what we've done. Um, certainly our fundraising, our football season tickets. Uh, competitively, we're better. Uh, I think we're in a really good spot. Now, we, we want to grow. Like, I'm not happy with where we are, or content is probably the right word. Right. But, man, it, it is nice when you look at a program like softball. Uh, again, not where we want to be, but we've had more wins than we've had in a very long time, and I think that will continue to grow. Lacrosse is doing well. Uh, so we'll, we'll um, you know, keep – keep banging that drum do you know where you guys are at on football season ticket sales right now and you all have a goal in mind you all close in on that what we are uh like at 13 8 right now and, and that's a really important you know the the financial foundation for ecu athletics is football season tickets yeah and we we really need to be you know I, i'd love us for us to be at sixteen thousand every year but I really want us to be over 15 uh, because, you know, back to that question about growth and moving conferences and doing all these things, like the more we can put our best foot forward when we go, hey, we, we have this many season tickets, 
no other group of five has this many. Hey, we've got the tower sold out. We're fundraising at a high level. Come look at our facilities. You know, one of the things that's pretty cool is when I have ADs and former ADs that come into ECU for a visit and they see it for the first time, they go, holy cow, like I had no idea it was this nice. So I'm very proud of what we have. We want to continue to make it better. Uh, but we have a lot of good things going on uh, at ECU. All right, let's get one more in if you can. If you can. I know there's a, a thread of comments. If we can get to one more question, we'll take a break um, on this this fun edition of Voice of the Colors where John Gilbert is literally going onto the yes. discussion boards and answering your questions. All right, uh, possible for fans to organize and raise money for small hot-button projects themselves. If it is, what would that look like? Um, we, there, there are a, a ton of, um, you know, smaller projects we're doing right now. We're doing a new video board at soccer lacrosse. We're doing a new video board at softball. We're constantly trying to update for graphics. And and one of the things about our campaign, um, again, every dollar counts, but you can also direct it wherever you want. So like if, if you want, um, uh, you want to give to the football restricted fund that it's discretionary where the coach can use wherever he wants, you can make a donation towards that. If, if you really like the graphics that you saw at Dowdy Ficklin and now that's probably a couple hundred thousand dollars, I'm going to challenge the hoist of colors crew <laughs> Let's do it, to, guys. To, to come together and, and fund that. You, you could send it in and we would put it in an account uh, for that. And, and so little projects like that we do fundraise for. I think the biggest thing is we really need to finish some of these bigger facilities. Pleased with where we are. I just want to get over the hump. Like our new uh, weight room that we opened in January that services mostly our Olympic sports teams. You know, that was a $3 million building, and it's fully funded, fully paid for. I don't know the last time that we've built a building that we opened it and it was fully paid for, and it's very nice. So uh, all all those things can happen, uh, and people can donate as they choose. He is John Gilbert, Athletics Director at ECU. Let's get our second break in. We'll be right back with Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. The Pirates play here. Arr! This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Yes, that was so good. On 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in to this Wednesday, June 14th edition of Hoist the Colors. John Gilbert has run through a lot of your questions. Uh, we'll hit some rapid fire here quick john uh somebody asked about basketball reseeding it is a basketball reseeding year correct it, it is we're the the bleachers lower level bleachers behind the teams we're going to pull those out put chair back seating in and we're going to create a path where you could walk from behind the bench on the floor all the way up into the upper section to have access to restrooms concessions all that that'll take place this summer I'm hoping we can get the bleachers torn out next week. They'll come back and install sometime in September. And then we're also going to redo the lights and Menjis. And, and like we talk about investments, that's going to be north of a million dollars 
to do that. Like right. it, it costs money to, to do the things we want to do. And I, I'm a big believer in Mike Schwartz, so I think you'll see a return on that investment. Uh, we had a couple questions. One guy asked, basically he found an extra dollar. Should he give it to the Pirate Club, Pirates Unite, or NIL, you know, in that scenario? Well, well, good question, and I've gotten that. I think the first individual that asked me was down in Wilmington, and my response was this. You know, certainly we need it in every bucket, like every bucket I could advocate for. But I would also say this fundamentally, we're only as good as the players we have. So Coach Houston, Coach Schwartz, Coach McNeil, they're only as good as the players they're coaching. The best teams uh, have the best players play for the championships. And so NIL is very important. I would say if you find that extra dollar in your couch, that's where you need to direct it. Fair enough, fair enough. And you see it growing everywhere so i feel like it's important ecu does its best to to stay up up to date with nil um fun question here from scott he says does john ever ask hv3 for golf advice and if so what's the best tip you've gotten you you know we, we actually played golf together this is probably back in early may um and obviously he's a lot younger than i am we we literally were eating lunch and we're probably 15 we were playing at myers park country club in charlotte and we we uh we were eating lunch and someone that was playing with us walked in and said hey hey we need to tee off well i'm stiff as an ironing board i need to stretch he he literally walked out there and kind of you know twisted his arms back and forth and and almost drove the green um you know the only tip he told me was uh you know tempo's key you know slow your swing down and let the club do most of the work right he, he seems to be a good one to take advice from he no is doubt. uh bobby wants to know do you prefer uh, marvel comics or dc comics <laughs> with the uh the movies oh man if, if you've uh if you've watched enough to make a call you know i i like them both i probably lean towards marvel yeah i think most people do yeah yeah marvel's got the they've been doing better movies for longer i feel like um Somebody says, all right, let's talk conference realignment real quick. We got to get one more break in. We'll do at least some of this discussion and we can close the show with it. But, you know, conference realignment, Brandon says, what are the chances of ECU joining another conference? I mean, they're, they're, we could do a whole show on conference realignment, but just kind of your take on where ECU sits right now and all this. Well, first, I would say we're in a very, like, we are in the best, uh, I'm just calling it group of yeah. five. We're in the best group of five league that we can be in. And if you look at it just on viewership, the the affiliation with ESPN, and the amount of money we receive, so we're going to get seven million plus in uh, the American Athletic. The leagues below us are getting millions less than we are. Most of that money is coming from ESPN, and when you see us on the linear channel where we're on a Thursday night game or the Marshall game, we're on ESPNU. There are a lot of leagues below us that are not getting the airtime. So I'm happy with the league that we're in, and I want to continue to make investments in our sports programs to always put us in the best position uh, if an opportunity arises, and, and that is people coming to the games, 
finances stable and competitive on the field those are really the three key things uh that that we need to be doing everybody i shouldn't say everybody but a lot of people say hey ecu should join the Sun Belt because it's a, a regionalized league and you look some of the non-conference teams you are playing are in the region and you are playing them and there's a good rivalry kind of building there with marshall app old dominion etc but it is important to realize, hey, the Americans receiving seven plus million dollars, the Sun Belt much less than that, and that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, and, and I think um, not fully understanding the finances of that. So l- let's say ballpark purposes, the the Sun Belt, they pay out two million per school. All right, the Americans paying out seven. So we're going to take a five million hit there uh, every year. But to exit the American, we're, we're going to pay 15 to $20 million to leave. And, and so imagine going to the chancellor and the board of trustees, you know, I've got this great idea. We're going to go into another league and it's going to cost us $5 million a year and 15 to 20 to leave. It, it's not feasible. Right. Uh, I would love for us to be in a league where all the schools are drivable. Uh, if you look at the SEC and the ACC, and I realize not all schools are drivable, but they have quite a few, it does help create rivalries uh, and I think can increase revenue when schools are more closely located. All right, let's get our final break in with John Gilbert. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. You're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. We're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger! Now, back to Hoist the Colors. All right, we're back with John Gilbert here, wrapping up our show, answering your questions. We've got about five minutes left before we got to get out of here. Uh, we'll hit as many as we can. Um, ECU 2005, he wants to know, if a donor showed up at your door, which this would be a great scenario, with the largest unrestricted gift in the history of BCU athletics, let's say $10 million, where would you direct it? Well, I would complete the indoor practice facility first. Um, it's going to affect virtually every sport, you know, certainly football, but, you know, baseball, softball, soccer, lacrosse, they'll all have access to it, you know, during their seasons and in clement weather. So that's a, that is a, um, that's a good thing. I saw another question on here. They mentioned um, Mississippi State signed a a home-and-home with Southern Miss. Like when you look at the SEC uh, without looking at their budget numbers, you know, you do get some schools like Missouri, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt that are on the lower end financially of, uh, you know, the power five, right. they will play a home and home for, for the right, you know, uh, team, the people that have revenue and, and I'm basically saying NC state Carolina, they're not Mississippi state when it comes to, to the revenue piece, those schools are not playing, you know, home and home games as, as much anymore. Um, and then, uh, update on the play-by-play. We're narrowing that list. Uh, hope to have a um, you know a, a small group together here in the next week or two to to narrow it and continue to move that forward. The other thing that they mentioned on the question was Adidas. We have a unbelievable Adidas partnership right now. Like if you look at what we're getting 
uh, in product and cash, it is phenomenal. Um, and if you look at what these other schools are getting, they're renewing with a company called BSN, which is a third-party company. They're not dealing with Adidas or Nike directly. We have a direct relationship with Adidas. I'm thrilled with it. I just hope that we can extend that one into the future. It, it expires in 26 or 27, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so a lot, lot of good things going on. Definitely great from a financial perspective and everything they offer you guys. Uh, a couple more minutes. As you follow kind of the, the landscape of college athletics right now, it seems like if there's going to be a shoe to drop and conference expansion realignment, it may be this summer or, or in the near future. Do you kind of have your eye on that? You know, the, all the rumors with Pac-12, ACC, the, all that this time of year? Well, the, the Pac-12 is probably the ones that are getting squeezed the most because they have the least amount of revenue. And then the Big 12 is looking to further stabilize themselves. L largely, it is about football. Um, you know, depending on, you know, it could be an elite basketball school that someone would look at because of the revenue that, that basketball can generate if you're going deep into the tournament every year. I don't think expansion will be done for a while. Uh, I think you're going to constantly see schools trying to better position themselves, but I think it's largely going to start with the Pac-12 and the Big 12 first. And all that has a trickle-down effect to where it can impact ECU. You know, there's been talk about hey, does a UNC or NC State get poached from the ACC going to the SEC or whatever, and would ECU ever fit into the SEC – or the ACC, excuse me. So, I don't know. I mean, there's just so much it, – it's amazing how one domino can affect all of this. So, you kind of have to always be aware of the possibilities. Well, in the, in the differential in between the ACC and the Big Ten SEC – so, if you're comparing the SEC Big Ten, they're getting, you know, ballpark $55 million per school – the ACC is getting ballpark $35 million per school. They can't continue to compete at a high level, getting $20 million less per school per year. At some point, there, there is going to be another shift. He is John Gilbert. John, this has been awesome, and we appreciate your openness, candidness, and uh, I think you addressed just about everything. I don't know if we got to every single comment or question, but we got to a lot of them, and thanks to you for coming in and, and doing this. Well, I'll come back anytime and uh, look forward to answering more questions. Absolutely. That is John Gilbert's awesome stuff with the East Carolina Director of Athletics today. We'll have him on again in the fall, maybe heading into football season or sometime during football season. All right, this has been a fun edition of Hoist the Colors. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow at 12 noon. We'll continue our ECU football Opponent previews. We'll talk UTSA, one of the new teams entering the league, as well as the Charlotte 49ers as we preview those games coming up this fall. You've been listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 12 now.
This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Colors on 943 the game.